0: This episode of the No Film School podcast is brought to you by Blackmagic Design. Blackmagic Design's DaVinci Resolve software combines professional offline and online editing, color correction, audio post-production, and now visual effects all-in-one software tool. The standard for high-end post-production, DaVinci Resolve is used for finishing more Hollywood feature films, episodic television programming, and TV commercials than any other software. It is also brought to you by the Rodecaster Pro Podcast Production Studio, the revolutionary new all-in-one podcasting solution from Rode Microphones. Hey, everybody, this is John Fusco, and you're listening to the No Film School podcast. Greener Grass is a project that has been on a whirlwind path to success since the very beginning. Directors Jocelyn DeBoer and Don Luby's first iteration of the surreal comedy turned heads as a short film back in 2016, when it won awards at major festivals like South by Southwest and the Clermont-Ferrand International Short Film Festival in France. Upon its release online, it also achieved viral status and earned distinctions from Short of the Week and Vimeo, It's rare that a short finds success like that both on the festival circuit and online, but hey, when you watch Greener Grass, it's easy to see why. Though they claim to have had no intention of doing so initially, the duo expanded the short into a feature film which hit Sundance in a big way back in January. The film's meticulously crafted aesthetic places it on a level somewhere between Adult Swim and David Lynch. With the aid of talented production designers, costume designers, and a brilliantly specific script, Debora and Lube's film bring us into a candy-coated utopia that we've never seen the likes before in film. Of course, things descend into dystopia by the time the film's through. Suburban tensions reach their boiling point after one mom willingly gives up her daughter to a friend, who, I might add, later goes on to give birth to a bouncing baby soccer ball. Things get weird, but not weird enough to sway IFC Midnight from purchasing the film earlier this week, or South by Southwest programming it into their festival to be seen in Austin this week. I sat down with the directors and producer Natalie Metzger at Sundance this year to talk about using characters to build a world, hiring geniuses as collaborators, and more. Enjoy. Hey guys, this is John, and I am here in Park City, Utah in like this crazy... Sundance booth uh, for the first time Uh, and I have a number of special guests here today. I'm actually gonna let you guys introduce yourselves so the audience can get familiar with your voices and uh, let's start with Natalie.
1: Uh, Hi guys, I'm Natalie Metzger. I'm the producer of Greener Grass.
2: Uh, Hello, I'm Jocelyn DeBoer.
3: I'm a a co-writer, co-director and um, actor
2: in Greener Grass.
3: Yes, and I'm Don Luby. I am also a co-director, co-writer, and actor in Greener Grass.
0: So I'm just going to start and ask, how did you two meet?
3: Oh, thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> because
0: it's a great—I mean, this kind of collaboration, I feel like, is very unique um, to be able to share a mind to produce uh, this kind of work. So well, we feel
2: so lucky that we found each other. T- truly, we were
3: put on a house team t- together at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York. Hey, cool. Yeah. That's that what was, we met. Yeah, maybe back in 2011 or so. Mm. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is the rest, if you don't mind What is me the rest? Well,
2: we both moved out to L.A. Okay. I moved out mm. in fall of 2014, and Dawn was about a, a year later, and we were the only two people from our team mm. there. And we were like, we should do something together. <laughs> and that's when we made Greener Grass
3: the Short, mm. in summer of 2015. Yeah, and uh, that the short kind of uh, had a, a life of its own that we did not anticipate, hmm. and, uh, and we found we just absolutely loved making our own work and, and doing, you know, going from more stage and sketch comedy into the, the short film world, and uh, we kind of took off running after that.
0: Can I ask what is what it is about like the sketch comedy uh, world that informed your shorts?
2: Oh, that's a great question. You know, obviously, we do everything about the way we write and do everything is our education at UCB. I feel like there's so much mm. of that. Uh, but one thing that is um, very applicable, is when we were making Greener Grass the Short, it started in several vignettes. Were there six or seven vignettes? Yeah. yeah. And we had a rule in each vignette that we were like, it's going to seem like normal suburbia, everything feels familiar, and then one unusual thing will happen mm-hmm. in each of the sections. So that is a UCB rule of game, mm-hmm. which is everything is normal and one unusual thing happens.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you sort of... Uh, Heighten that unusual thing over the course of the the sketch or the uh, the scene. Yeah, and,
2: and I would say also Don and I have a rule with writing. Where we do nothing weird for weird's sake. Like, every single thing, every little detail, we want to make sure that it's grounded in the themes of the movie and there's a deliberate reason for it. And I want to say that might be from UCB also. Not weird for weird's sake.
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Somehow rooted in reality or, you know, in one of our lives or, or someone's experience. Or
0: in the reality you guys created, which is, like, a very strange reality.
3: Yeah, but yeah.
2: there's logic to it yes. and we, we that's very important to us.
0: Yeah. Verisimilitude. Yes. Bear <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> Here that word. Uh so then, you know, you made this short and uh it is now being expanded into the feature greener grass. Uh what was that process like taking the short to the feature?
2: It was something we never expected to do. Okay.
3: Mhm. Yeah, we had no intention at all (laughs) of making a a feature version. It's funny, we kind of, um, we made the short and then kind of made other shorts and worked on other projects. And we kind of just were kept being drawn back to the world of greener grass. Hmm. We just, we love it. And we'd sort of see things that... We, we would say, oh, that is so greener grass. Or we meet a, a woman at the supermarket and be like, that woman is so greener grass or on a plane. And, um, and same with uh, as the short kind of uh, had some exposure, people would come to us and say, this thing happened to me. It was so greener grass. And hmm. we kind of just got excited by that and wanted to return to the world. And that's when we decided to make the feature.
0: Was there anything, uh, what sort of benchmarks with the short sort of helped you to be able to be in the position to make this feature? Um, You guys got like a short of the week distinction? Yeah,
2: truly festivals were the biggest thing. So we, Don and I, after making the short, we didn't know a lot about the film festival world and we Googled the top 10 short film festivals in the world. And number one was Clermont-Ferrand in France. And so we applied to it. And we got in, which was an incredible stroke of luck and career-changing for us because we, we went for the entire festival, and if anyone makes a short film, try to go there. There's no better place to be because they it's such a collaborative environment the filmmakers all see each other's films and it's like being at summer camp and short films are king there there's yes. nothing else <laughs>
3: yes i mean the the amount of the audiences that would line up around the block to see short films were insane and you'd play your short film for hundreds and thousands of people and yeah because there were no features it was just you were celebrated in a way that you are not at any other festival. <laughs> no, and
2: Don and I were actors in our short film, and there were barely any other actors there because I don't know if in Europe it's not as star-driven with mm. short films or something. But we walked around like the Beatles, like everybody was like so excited to meet us and wanted to know if we had braces and if <laughs> we throw up every time we eat or <laughs> no. Uh, but so that was that was very much for us like oh this is exciting we want to. Keep doing this, uh, and then we went to South by next. That was our U.S. premiere, which was also career-changing. More in that we started, you know, getting recognition from in in the U.S. L.A. Yeah. I would say, yeah. um, from people who were like, "Oh, these two write and make their own stuff," and we won an award at South by, which was, uh, you know. Incredible. And
3: so, yeah, I would say those were the biggies for us. Yeah. And Short of the Week, of course. Yeah, Short of the Week was is so, so awesome. And Jason
2: uh, Sandy of Short of the Week has been just a huge, uh, like, proponent of us in a way that we're so grateful for. Absolutely. And a Vimeo staff pick. Yeah, Vimeo staff pick. Vi- we are huge Vimeo girls. <laughs> <laughs> we're so grateful to them.
0: Did you find any sort of difference in the sort of success you'd find online and in, like, festival
2: that's such a good question we just put our short online when
1: in the past year
2: yeah uh, like when we knew we were making the feature i want to say in july or we were on set even or down in georgia at mm-hmm. least when we posted it and then from the time we started making our feature until now when we're at sundance we have not done anything but make our feature oh, sure. because we finished it on monday before we got here <laughs> so um so i don't know what impacted that i've been in a hole yeah <laughs>
0: Um, how did so then you met Natalie at some point who Natalie you've been on our show before um, as a producer for Jim Cummings uh, feature Thunder Road how did that happen? Oh,
2: um, <laughs> Natalie is a producer God walking among us yes, yes. <laughs> Um,
1: yeah. Well, what's funny about that is that I met the girls through Jim. Okay. Um, so they had all met each other. Um, I think at South by, right? Yeah. Yeah. Greener um,
2: grass. The short was in competition with under road. Okay.
1: Um, and so when they were, they were getting ready to do their first, um, uh, time directing a short, the arrival and they, um, yeah, they were looking out for different producers and Jim was like, Oh, you should talk to Natalie. And we met and pretty much immediately clicked and so um I produced that short film for them um which is also on short of the week if people want to go check it out um and then when the feature came up it was just like we wanted to work together again
0: can you guys talk a little bit about um how having a I mean like a production company behind you um and I mean I know you were in Thunder Road and like working together on each other's projects is valuable for a filmmaker
2: Uh, Yes, absolutely. Uh, to us, community is everything. That It was so important to us to work with the people we've come up with and the people we admire and... Yeah, I loved that about Thunder Road. It, the film was filled with directors, strangely, as actors. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay. and it truly is people Jim has picked up along the way, huh. including myself. And uh, our film is the same. It's uh, We cast almost everyone that we knew or had been admiring and coming up with and... Uh, same with Crew, yeah. Lowell, who shot our film, also shot Thunder Road, and we're just, Don and I are like golden retrievers. We're so loyal. Like, we, we work with people once, and we're like, we don't want to work with that <laughs> guy. We love these people, so it's a really nice community.
0: Can we jump back to your guys' creative process, just as collaborators, you two? Um, what, is it, what was it like actually writing together, and then also on set, like, how did you direct together?
3: We spend like 80 hours a week together (laughs) for every week for the past four years. So we are slowly becoming the same person. And um, it's so funny when I don't know that this is the most productive way of writing, but we sit both of us in front of one computer screen and... Jocelyn usually types out the, the first draft and will. But we improvise we'll, so much of yeah, it. Yeah, like, banter back and forth improvising. And um, Jocelyn will type and then I'll kind of take the computer. And, and we say, Don gets her comb out and she fixes all my grammar problems. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Jocelyn's way better at grammar. No, <laughs> um, and yeah, we kind of bang out draft after draft after draft like that. We do a, a lot of rewrites.
2: But the um, biggest thing that I'm. Is so valuable to me. I know is when I try to write by myself, I get very fixated on you know one stage direction, one line of dialogue, and I'll do it over and over and over. I'm like, oh, I just am the slowest writer. But when I have Don with me. It's it, we know when things are hitting right away because we're both laughing. And then we're like, oh, this works, and we're not laughing, and then it's like, we we'll have change this one thing, now we're <laughs> laughing, this works. And it's just that immediate gratification and test in a way that we're, for people who are both, as slow as we are sometimes when we work separately, we actually write quite fast together, which is really, really cool. And invaluable for me. (laughs) (laughs) Me too.
0: And yeah, that immediate sounding board is probably just like very clutch.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And like our boyfriends and Don's husband will attest to, It's we are laughing while we're working together, and if it's quiet, we're ordering lunch. Like it's not (laughs) good, like nothing. (laughs) We're not being productive, so that's our barometer.
0: So then, how does that translate on set when you guys are co-directing together?
2: The laugh test also applies. Yes, (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) And that's often looking at our grips, looking at Natalie. (laughs) Are they laughing? Good, but yeah, Yeah. co-directing is something that we we both have only directed for film with each other, so it's Mm. it's very natural to us. But we do get a lot of questions about it because we we realize that it is sometimes it is a weird thing. It is, yeah. We our mentality is that we want to be a. Two headed monsters, like Yeah, we say. Uh, we want people to be able to come to us and get one opinion. Mm. And mm. we've both worked as actors on sets with co directors where it can be kind of confusing, <laughs> which is stressful. Yeah. And so we have a rule, which maybe also is back uh, a shout back to the UCB, uh, yes, and in improv in general, <laughs> which is like we'll always support each other. And if we ever don't agree, that'll be a whisper or like a trip to the
3: bathroom. <laughs> like. And I think what we do as much as possible is do every everything we can in prep, like pre-pro. Yes. We extensively shot list with our DP, with lol in this case, and we talk about costumes, just the two of us at length before we meet with our costume designer. We, we try and be going into any meeting any shoot day exactly on the same page so that any kind of difference of opinion we have already gotten ahead of. Mm. Yeah,
2: Mm. even actors' intentions. We go through, obviously we're both actors, but we go through and score the scenes. We'll be like in the makeup chair for what we're shooting and talking about what the child's intention is line by line. This is how I'm imagining I want it to be. Is that how you see it? Yes. So that's really important.
0: How would you say uh, acting has informed your directing career?
2: You know what gift actors have is we've been on more sets than most directors have because directors often, I mean, of course they come up pa but then they, they are on their own sets all the time and we get to observe how everyone else works, which is nice, and then take what we like and bring it back to our sets. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: This podcast is brought to you by the Rodecaster Pro podcast production studio, the revolutionary all-in-one podcasting solution from Rode Microphones. With its four class A microphone inputs, eight sound pads to trigger music and effects, the ability to stream phone calls seamlessly, bluetooth and usb connectivity for easy audio streaming and so much more it is truly professional podcasting made easy simply plug in your microphone turn up your faders and hit record this podcast is also brought to you by black design black magic design has grown rapidly to become one of the world's leading innovators and manufacturers of creative video technology the company's philosophy is refreshing and simple to help true creativity blossom by allowing the highest quality video to be affordable to everyone Its products include the world's highest quality video editing products, digital film cameras, color correctors, live production switchers, and a host of other hardware for the feature film, post-production, and television broadcast industries. The Pocket Cinema Camera 4K is Blackmagic Design's new next-generation 4K handheld camera. It comes with dual native ISO with an amazing up to 25,600 ISO for incredible light performance, a full four-thirds HDR sensor, and 13 stops of dynamic range. It also comes with both ProRes or RAW recording to internal uhs ii and CFAS cards, or even external USB-C drives, eliminating the need for expensive external recorders. And then also, you were talking about these details, um, you know, when I mentioned verisimilitude, mm-hmm. and there's so many details in this film, um, just like small, little, hilarious things. When Are those things that you discover on set or are those things that you discover beforehand when you're writing like for example when you know the kid is flossing
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like yeah you know. there's so many it's it's such a combination yeah. of, I, I would like to think our script is full of little fun details but the the smartest thing we did with Greener Grass is hire geniuses to work for, with us and uh, our uh, production designer, Lee Point-Dexter, she is so responsible for so many of the fun details. Our art director, Kristen Gibbler, Uh But our costumer really elevated the project mm-hmm. enormously. Mm-hmm.
1: Lauren Oppelt. Yeah, that's yeah. Lauren
2: Oppelt who sewed rickrack onto every fabric
3: thing that exists in the movie.
2: Um,
3: yeah, so even, you know, we would have a, an idea of something in our head and have that, it would be on the page, but then we'd, Get to set and see the amazing way Lee had decorated the kitchen and we're like, oh, we have to make sure we get these magnets in this shot because yes, they're yes. amazing. Or, you know, there is so much on the fly, little shifting of, of um, our shot list or our ideas yeah. of things just to capture um, the world that the, that Lauren and Lee helped build.
2: And we really we really tried to tell everyone we really tried to mine everyone's creativity out of them because we knew everyone we hired understood the tone so well. Mm-hmm. And We were like please be weird. Mm-hmm. Please do, you know. And um and I would say our actors, too, brought so much. Like One thing that comes to mind is little Asher, who plays Bob in the movie. <laughs> I think he was seven when we were shooting, seven or eight. He He's making a corn husk doll at one point, which is in the script. But he did this really weird thing, which was make a corn husk doll baby that he strung onto the corn husk doll. So it's this very creepy thing. And, of course, mothers and babies is such a theme in our movie. Yeah. And he did that himself. And. <laughs> That was a great little detail too. <laughs> how do you
0: communicate that tone like initially to your collaborators? Like, how, how are you able to know that these people are on the same wavelength as you?
2: If the script is your best tool initially because they come into the meeting having read that. We also had the short film, which helps. Yeah. But sure. the feature is a bit of a different tone than the short, so the script. Um, Natalie, maybe you could answer how you
1: yeah i mean i think just like from like uh watching all these meetings happen and the initial um just kind of chats that uh they had with all the creative um people it the girls come in with such a clear voice um and such a clear tone even just with how how they talk about things and, and and how they interact with each other that it pretty much it's you kind of come in feeling that vibe um and it was very clear to us Who fit that vibe and who didn't? Mm. Um, And so, you know, like there's there's so many you know amazingly talented costume designers, there's so many amazingly talented production designers. But like when we met with Lee, it was like. It was done. I mean, she she talked about I think in her our, our initial meeting about how she used to um, shave her poodles and save the fur to sew them um, a, a poodle fur sweater, um, and and pretty much I think after that the yeah, girls were like we yes were like, we
3: want we, we don't need to know any other information
0: yes. <laughs> you're like that's so green regret
2: Lee was yes. terrific too yes exactly Lee brought in an entire folder of the most colorful boards for us too I think she had gotten the script the night before and had stayed up and had I think 11 different sheets of these are what I see like the things in the homes and these are how I see the school looking and this and that and we used those boards they were in my set binder I was carrying them around all the time like the color palette everything so that is something that a lot of the production designers we met with didn't bring in anything visual and I would say that really set her apart too mm-hmm. it was really helpful to us yeah because, oh she gets it well that's a mm-hmm
0: good tip for aspiring production designers right there um so when you guys are building this crazy world like what are your when you were first initially going into it what were your main like focal points in building a world does that is that does that question make sense
2: yeah do you mean once we move into production or when we are writing even
0: even like yeah writing or pre-production like did you know that you it seems like costume design came on and you were like oh wow this could really set the environment for our film yeah. what are some other like just parts of production that you knew beforehand that were going to help to age this world of your film
2: i mean you're right on with with the aesthetic that was from the beginning i mean we had lengthy
3: costume descriptions <laughs> yeah. in, in our script we very much wanted it to be a timeless suburbia and also nothing that screamed modern no flat screen tvs no mm-hmm. um you know, modern smartphones, that's what they're called, yeah. <laughs> and um, and also um yeah we we wanted we to communicate the color palette, and um we also wanted it to feel very anywhere America, mm. um, so those were sort of the very large uh, themes that we we communicated to people across the board for music and mm. and everything, yeah, and
2: then just every, the character's point of views. I, I would say like their need to be polite all the time, them, the way they pick up their identity from everyone around them as opposed to within themselves. The The different things like that really came from, Don and I can just spend hours and hours talking about people we've known throughout our lives, especially the two of us grew up as Uh, Midwestern middle children (laughs) and so though Don's from Nebraska I'm from a suburb of Chicago we had definitely different experiences but we love uh, just brainstorming and finding like oh this thing is so right for our world and this personality trait this insecurity Yeah. yeah
0: it's interesting how much personality actually of your characters helps to build the world that you guys made I've never really like the psychology of it all.
2: That's so much of what the story is. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for saying that. Yeah, no no yeah. problem. It's
0: it's I've just never, you know, like every time I do these podcasts, I'm learning something new about how people get a like a footstep into the world that they're trying to create. So, you know, to look at it from the inside out is a very I think Inter- as an aesthetic is a very right. interesting way to think about things. Um, so just to wrap up things here, uh, I'm going to ask each of you to, uh, you've given me advice on this before because I ask everyone the same question, but um, if you had any advice for aspiring filmmakers trying to get to Sundance or the place in Paris that you guys went to?
3: Clermont-Ferrand, <laughs> everyone goes go to, to Clermont-Ferrand. Clermont yes. <laughs> what would it be?
0: Um, and let's start with Dawn this
3: time. Oh, okay. Uh, haven't had time to think this through. You on um, the spot. Yes, <laughs> I guess I. I think for for so long I I felt very um, scared to to direct something to make something, uh, and even write because I thought, well, that's not what my background is in. That's not what my experience is in. But like, I think give yourself permission to to figure it out along the way. And if you have a strong idea and, and excitement behind it, and also if you are feel like you don't want to do it alone, find a partner. <laughs> like truly, I, my productivity skyrocketed the second I found someone that who found the same things funny as I did, who held me accountable. And so that is the best thing that happened to me truly is finding a partner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I to <laughs> that for sure, for me.
2: Uh, I'll just piggyback onto that too. I think I, I think I always wanted to direct ever since I was a kid really uh, but same thing my background was acting and I think one of the biggest barriers for me was the technical part of it because I didn't go to film school and I, I love movies but I wouldn't call myself a cinephile in the way that some directors that you meet are and I, I was worried about you know not knowing about lenses really and how do you shot list and things like that and when Don and I made our first two short films, we hired our friends to, who are directors to direct them, and we got to observe how they do it, and that was so valuable because we were like, oh, we can do this. Like, we can see shots in our head and then describe them once we learned the language, which truly we learned from Googling. We <laughs> read books <laughs> and, you know, had directors send us their shot lists and we studied them, but it's what I want to say is all those kind of things you learn on the fly as you're doing it because you have to and it becomes the language that you use and don't be scared because you didn't go to film school
0: i mean we love that advice here (laughs) 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 natalie has anything changed
2: um i i
1: I was trying to think of what i said with thunder road and i honestly can't remember but the the first thing that popped into my head was um find your tribe Mm. like to to you know, I, I I talk about the relationship, especially with producers and directors, as being a marriage. Like it, it really is, like like I consider myself like the midwife and like the director or directors <laughs> in this case are like having the baby and I'm trying to help facilitate this birth. This is like a very <laughs> apt and midwife. Yes, it thing. really <laughs> is. <laughs> and it's like traumatizing and joyful and like all these amazing things together, you know? And then and then you have this product that you're all so proud of together. Um, but yeah, but you know, like find, find people, other filmmakers that you just admire and like love being around and want to work with and like, and then it, it then it becomes fun. Then, then it's, 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 not a job. It's not like something that you're like trucking through. It's just like, you're excited to, to work every day. You're excited to see like what the other person's going to come up with. Um, and they help make you better and mm-hmm. you help make them better. And it's just this like wonderful thing. So like find your tribe, find, find the people that you really vibe with and, um,
0: you'll end up creating great things. Well, great guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. And, uh, Have a great rest of your Sundance. Oh, thank thank you. We're so so happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to you later.
3: Bye-bye. Bye. bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the No Film School podcast on whatever podcast platform you're using. Go ahead and leave us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. And of course, tune in every Monday for interview podcasts just like this. We're at South by Southwest right now, picking up a whole bunch more for the next 10 weeks. We're going to have people like Nick Kroll uh ty sheridan will forte john fusco not me but another john fusco i am john fusco you can follow me on twitter at jim underscore john underscore jim and you can follow no film school at no film school and as always you can check that site for all the latest and greatest in the film world and we will see you next week